Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to episode number 18 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live talk show and podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com. And I'm Raina Kranz, the thyroid trainer. Raina is a certified personal trainer and a Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism patient and advocate who enjoys helping others find health success and is the owner and operator of Conscious Fitness of Hollywood, Florida. You can also find her on her wonderfully helpful Facebook group, which I'm sure most of you already know about, Thyroid Discussion Group. And she is also a contributing writer for Thyroid Nation, so that's pretty cool. You can see lots of her good stories and work and uh, articles on ThyroidNation.com. And she has written her Thyroid Thriver story, which Tiffany and I have yet to do. So no one has won the bet yet because we have a bet going. You got to check that out if you if you want. And she's joining us live today from Hollywood, Florida. Hi, Raina. Thank you. She's also part of the radio team, so she's been around a while. I'm sure most of you heard her have heard of her before. Hi, Dana. <laughs> how are you? how are you today? I'm good. I'm excited. I can't wait to to get on with our our guest. Me neither. Um, well, today we're going to be going live with Thyroid Nation Radio. It's always entertaining. Today's advocate, writer, producer, and actress of the Hashimoto's Project Walk, Talk, and Dance and Sing. Um, I actually watched this movie, and I was quite surprised and taken and laughed very hard through the whole movie. Um, actually, I found myself swaying in my chair while I was watching it. It made me want to move, which was really kind of cool. So I really hope a lot of my members that are on the page are listening today so that they can listen in to this wonderful lady take us through the dance of Hashimoto's, per se. That's right. I can't wait. Donalyn Larson talking to us live here in just a few minutes. But really quick, if you tuned in last week, we hope you did, you heard us chatting with Heather and Damien Dubay, functional nutritionists, co-founders of E3 Energy Evolved, and co-hosts of, of the Thyroid Fat Loss Summit, which was really, really cool. It's still going on. If you if you want to check it out, you can check out my page. There's an ad there. It'll take you straight to it. But if you if you missed it, make sure to listen to it in the archives. They were really great, and they were passionate, both of them very passionate about helping others learn to reduce symptoms, feel better, live their best life. They're, they're just, they were really fantastic. So check that out. And you can also see the wonderful lineup of innovative guests we have scheduled coming up, Dr. Holtorf, Dr. Christensen, Gina Lee Nolan, Dr. O'Brien, and tons of thyroid thrivers that are going to be on. So it's just a, a great place to check things out on the um, archived shows page. All right, so before we get started, we want to give a very, very big thank you to you, our listeners, because without you, we wouldn't be here. And also, we want to hear about your thyroid thrivers journey at thyroidnation.com slash thyroid thyroid thrivers slash. So Donna and I, Dana and I encourage you to submit your story. Whether you've healed or not, it's a journey that that counts. That it's a journey that counts, and if uh, you can help others 
feel not so alone and offer some light hope along the path of their uh, own thyroid journey. Okay, Dan, I think we're ready. Let's get to the Thyroid Nation thriving. Okay. Today our guest is the wildly talented thyroid advocate, actress, writer, producer, and Hashimoto's unraveler, Donna Lynn Larson, creator of the Hashimoto's Project, Walk, Talk, Dance, Sing, which is currently on tour. She's also the creative director at Studio Wild, offering classes, workshops, productions, performances, retreats, and other wild happenings, of course. She's joining us live from British Columbia. Hello, are you there? Miss Donna Lynn Larson. Hi. Hi. Hi, gals. Hey. Wow. Hey. Oh, that was, I like that intro, all that wildness. That was awesome. Ah. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's you. That's you in a nutshell, right? That I, you know what? I guess you know. It's funny that you you mentioned the wild thing right off the top because that is the name of my company, and it, and it and it does relate really to this entire story. You know, the word the word wild. I selected it for a really important reason, and basically because it means to just you know what flourishes, what grows naturally, and it also means extravagant and fantastic. And I thought, you know, that's a word that I want to attach to my work. So, um, so yeah. So wild it is. And wild you are. Oh. oh, sorry. Okay, so we we have quite a delay between we have a, a delay between the three of us. Is that right? Is there kind of like a a little? Hello. Okay. A little. <laughs> yeah. There, okay. There is. A, sorry about that. Well, one is one of us is in uh, British Columbia, Vancouver. One's in Florida, and I'm in Costa Rica. So, of course, there might be a little delay. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, that's cool. No, it's good. It's a good chance to catch my breath. <laughs> so where do you want to – where should we start here? I wanted to say, Raina, I, I loved what you said in the introduction when you said – you know, you said it's a journey that counts. And yes. I, I just that, – that just really – I just really love that, that you started with that because – it it does count, and I think sometimes we forget in in you know in all the um, confusion and the chaos of and and the struggle and the search for answers that there's a reason that we're going through this right now, and sometimes it's hard to see that, but um, it we are we are moving forward, and you know I mentioned in the film sort of at the halfway point, for me it was a big wake up call, right? This affair is a huge wake up call. <laughs> And and that's what it's there for to wake us up. Even though we sleep well, a lot, <laughs> right? We do sleep a lot. Uh, can you share with our listeners a bit about your thyroid journey? Sure. Yeah. You know what? Um, actually, before I go into that, um, for some reason this hit my radar yesterday, though, and I wanted to launch with this. Um, you may be familiar. There was this wonderful TED talk by this fellow named Jacob Barnett, a young fellow. I think he's 15 or 16 years old right now. You can look it up online. And he's a young man that was diagnosed um, with, um, you know, on the autism uh, scale. Oh, actually. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. And he's now, in, and basically, you know, our, the school system ruled him as, um, you know, basically that he would be incapable of, of anything, really. And, and it turns out, you know, he's now just this renowned physicist and one of the messages of his TED Talk, which I think really relates to this st- 
story and where I come from at this point in, in, in my journey um, and what sort of fueled me as an artist is he says, you know, he was able to stop learning because he got pulled out of the education system and, and his mother started to just immerse him in things that he loved, okay? And the message was stop learning and start thinking. Right. And that, <laughs> that that's is so powerful. Really, it is very powerful. And I want to relate that. And that, that comes into this story in a big way. And, I, you know, some people, you know, I, I want to sort of set a, a little bit of boundaries here in this discussion in that there's going to be some things I say that people are going to be like, yeah, that sounds absolutely awesome, high five, you know, thumbs up. Um, there's going to be some things that we say that come up today that people will be like, oh, that's compelling, that's interesting, I'm going to think about that a little more. And then there will be some things where it's like, well, no, not going there, whatever. So I just want to, I wanted to say that that's all okay and it gives us the freedom to just explore in this conversation and, and take the conversation where it needs to go in the moment. Um, so this idea of, of start thinking um, has been, you know, such a big part of my life. And with that in mind... I have to, I'm going to get really choked up now. Uh, it's Father's Day, and I have to give a shout-out to my dad. Oh, my God, I'm getting really choked up. Because he was my earliest debate partner, right, and really encouraged me to, um, to ask why, and then I'd ask why again and ask why again, and I kept thinking. And, you know, and, and he kept going, even when his 8-year-old daughter won the debates all the time. He still kept going. So... Um, so I just wanted to give a shout-out to my dad on Father's Day and, and how significant that has been for me. So well, with that and said... That's, that's, a really good point. that's a really good point. Let's just give a shout-out really quick while you catch your breath to all fathers out there. My dad, I talked to him earlier. He's doing wonderful. I'm glad to still have him in my life. I feel very lucky and grateful every day. And my husband, who's a fabulous father, we woke up. We woke him up and... We made presents yesterday. We got on Pinterest, and we got all these presents made and cards and things, and we decorated the table, and we made little hearts down the hallway. And so we are honoring Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. today. Yeah. And you, Raina? <laughs> well, um, my father is no longer with us. <laughs> And a shout-out to my mom's husband, my stepfather, um, since I'm 16. Happy Dad's Day. And to my fiancé, David, who is actually working his tush off down in Marathon, Florida, kayaking with all of the school kids. <laughs> so I'm here all by myself <laughs> with my four cats. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So and enjoy, enjoying myself immensely. <laughs> <laughs> good because <laughs> that's what it's about you know and um yeah that's really what it's about so if i can just segue back now to this this whole idea about um thinking it ties in um really to what i see happening here with this hashimoto story and um we have a situation right let's admit it we have a big situation on our hands here and um how do I put this? With it? Um, I, I don't. Um, I, I don't know that we're giving it the um, its its due. Um, I think that there's a lot of sort of running around this loop. This, I call it the thyroid loop. And and I think once we start really thinking for ourselves, 
And that means thinking not just with the brain, but with our, you know, body, mind, spirit. Thinking from, you know, a holistic point of view of, of who we are and what we need and what we want, we're going to see some real changes. Um, I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's a big part. Look at there's a campaign right now. There's a campaign. And I'm going to say, and this isn't a judgment. None of this is judgment. This is just laying out the facts so that we can deal with things effectively from a place of reality. There is a campaign that's out there, and it's with AbbVie Pharmaceuticals, the makers of Synthroid. And, you know, they have a big name, Star. And I almost don't want to say Synthroid because I don't want to give them more energy than what they already have. But it's important to understand that their, their campaign is titled follow the script, okay, follow the script. <laughs> now, from where I sit, right, there's nothing more um, insulting and insidious. And can't you just see these people, you know, mostly women are getting online and saying, hey, look at Carol, all we have to do is follow the script. It's telling us exactly what we need to do here. This is so against the, the path of vitality and wellness that we're seeking for itself. This is this is outrageous from my perspective. It's completely outrageous. Follow the script. Are you serious? So that's, that's a big disconnect. And it's no secret that pharmaceutical companies spend twice as much on their marketing campaigns as they do on research and development. So it's just really good to know that. Right? Well, well and, um, and, and Synthroid was like the number one drug prescribed in, in the United States in 2013, I believe. So that just it just says a lot. And and to go back to a little bit about what you said just a second ago, Donna Lynn, was, yeah, follow the script or preferably follow your path. Because if it said that, we would all be open arms with it. But some people do do well with Synthroid. And so that's okay. So we're not saying, all three of us, exactly. we're not saying Synthroid is bad or the, exactly. the big evil. We're not saying that at all. We're saying to be given the choice of Synthroid, Pyrocent, you know, compounded T3, T4, natural desiccated thyroid, follow your path, whichever works for you exactly. would be a better exactly. would be a better campaign and we would all jump on board, right? That's right. Well, yeah. You know it's got to be about Yep, go ahead, sorry. I'm sorry. I here's the other aspect that I think that especially a lot of the people with the autoimmune diseases of Hashimoto's or Graves is unfortunately if if you have become hypothyroid uh, due to Hashimoto's, we are dependent on the medication regardless of, of what kind it is. But there is a task that the medication does not do a thing for, and that's the autoimmune disease. And there are so many things that the doctors don't know, and if they do, they're sure as heck not sharing it with us, that we have to research and find out on our own, and that has to do with nutrition, that has to do with our personal triggers, that has to do with lifestyle changes that we have to make in order to allow our bodies to work as best they can. And that doesn't come in a pill or with a script. Absolutely. It, it, it can't. And, you know, you're talking to someone here I spent many years, you know, and, and dare I say, you know, well over, you know, if people want numbers, you know, well over $100,000 at least, I can't even calculate on this path, seeking every modality, every possibility. Um, and the thing that a pill will never give us is our energy. Our energy comes from a source that is, is, is not in a pill and, and in fact, these pills only suppress that life force. So the, 
the quicker we can get onto the path of who am I, what am I looking for, why am I here, what serves me, what really nourishes me, um, then we're going to start to feel better. And I, I think the disconnect comes, you know, look at there's a lot of people having a hissy fit out there. And I say that with all due respect because I was one of them. It's like my doctor's not making me better. My doctor's not coming up with the right solution. And I think, I think we're a little bit upset because for years, you know, I thought that I could live the way I lived. I could, um, you know, eat poorly. Mind you, I didn't know that I was doing these things wrong, but I was stressed. I was, you know, toxic lifestyle. I was smoking cigarettes. I was doing all these fabulous things for my health, right? But the, the disconnect is that I would run myself down. I would get sick. I would go to the doctors, and they would give me a round of antibiotics. And so I was like, fantastic. This is, this is, that's what they're there for. So I would have my round of antibiotics, and then everything would go back to normal, and then I would create the pattern again, and I would become, you know, I'd get strep throat or bronchitis, and I'd go to my doctor, right? So this is great. So we see that modern medicine can do these fabulous things. It has this thing called antibiotics. The disconnect is that, you know, when I showed up the second or third time, what my doctor, which actually the word doctor comes from early Latin meaning teacher, needed to teach me about was that my doctor needed to turn to me and say, listen, I can't give you another round of antibiotics. I've just annihilated your entire gut system. And so I'm now going to have to do some work at repairing that. That never happened. So that's just, you know, that's just one example of this disconnect. So we're, 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 sort of, we're sort of in this mindset of I can live a certain way and they've got my back. And I think what we're realizing now is that they don't. Well, here's the thing. I happen to work with a lot of doctors. They're my clients. And I've always come from this holistic background. And they think I'm a little crazy. And I might be. But point, point taken is, is I respect the the knowledge that they have. I respect what they do for a living. Um and most of the doctors that I work with have good hearts and they mean well. And since they're not my doctors, I can actually ask them some questions. <laughs> and I get straight answers. And this is what I have been told by several of them. We were not trained to think outside the box. We were not given nutrition. It was a very, very small part of our education we were taught about medications. We were not taught about herbs. We were not taught about vitamins or minerals or so on and so forth. And we were not taught about nutrition. So the information that a doctor may or may not give you is just something he may have heard, he may have briefly read, but he really doesn't have any real depth or knowledge about it. And when they give you the answer, none of that will help you it's more than likely is he doesn't have the answer and he can't say that. Now, there are doctors That's that right. do decide, decide to think out of the box. And, and when they do, it's actually, actually, it's magical. That's my opinion. And there, there are doctors out there like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, essentially right now the way it's set up is they are brokers, right? On one side you've got the pharmaceutical industry, you've got the doctor in the middle, and you've got their pharmacy right next door. So it all works out really well. It's a nice flow. Uh, it's, a, it's a business. 
And, and, and we just need to be clear about that. Everybody says, I know it's a business. So if it's a business, you're a customer. So customer gets what they want. If, you, if I walk into the Gap and I'm looking for a pair of pants and they say, I'm going to give you a shirt, I don't say that's okay. I leave and I don't come back. So, so we do have pat more. We do have some decision-making power here, and we don't have. We can't. You, we can't affect change one person at a time by making really good, empowered decisions for ourselves. And you know, I just want to say I have very deep compassion for where where the medical system is sitting right now. I have huge compassion. Imagine they're not separate from this epidemic. No, right? They are not. They, no, they're they not. Get, no. They're they're on this planet with us. They get thyroid disease just as much as everyone else does where where they're stuck imagine the double bind and i've i've blogged about this imagine the double binds that they're in because they're trying to treat themselves they're not able to effectively with what they've been taught and yet the double bind is in their indoctrination it's very difficult to come clean and say i don't know because they were supposed to be you know endowed with superhuman powers to make people feel well so there's a double bind there for them. And, and I remember sitting across from a doctor not too long ago, and we made eye contact, and she was telling me something. And, and, and she didn't know. Part of me thinking, oh, please, say something really smart, because I just made this film, and, and I want you to really, like, enlighten me here. But, of course, she didn't say anything at all that was helpful. Um, and we made eye contact. And at that moment, I just, I just saw that we we're both victims in this story, that and and i and it just opened up my heart to her and i could and it just changed everything for me it was like okay we're in this this is what it is so when are we all going to come clean about it cuz i'm doing my work to unravel you know my belief systems and and what i'm hooked into here what are you going to do and you know that's for me that's really when we talk about magic that's where the magic will happen because we won't see people getting sick so much we won't be focusing on treating disease and expanding on the disease business we'll be focusing on vitality and people feeling well i mean how many of us even knew what our thyroid did that. Started... what's that i love that what happened i love that i just i need to sit in a flower field moment for just a second because that's what let's have a flower when... field yeah let's have let's a flower have field, field. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> Let's breathe in some vitality. Seriously, breathe yes. Breathe in that flower field. Breathe it in. Let's go. I'm breathing. Ugh. Seriously. I'm breathing. Just... <laughs> ah, well, nice. you know what? I wanted, I wanted to touch base on something because one of the things that I really, really enjoyed about your movie, and this is yeah. one of the things that I really, really like about what the movie was about, and I think that a lot of thyroid patients are really missing, and I want to really tap into that because a lot of the people on my page have not seen this movie, and I would really like them to. It is this actual finding who you are, who you used to be before you were diagnosed with this disease in relation to the fact that, okay, you have it, but that doesn't mean that it's the end of you and that you can find those things that you loved and that you found joy in and that you could bring back into your life. And when you actually do them, when you're doing them, you're not thinking about your disease. You're enjoying yourself. And I really thought that that part of the movie was just absolutely the message that I try to get to everyone is, is you've got to find that joy in life so that you're not just focused on trying to feel better. Why don't you go and do something that you know you love 
And when you do it, mm-hmm. you will feel better. You know, that's beautiful. And I, and I want to give a shout-out to um, Jean Takel, who did the music for this film. Um, I met her. Um, I interviewed her as a Hashimoto's gal. And then she came on board to do the sound, which was such a gift. But in relation to what you just said, you know, she's been doing her own unraveling, so to speak, and and she just performed at Carnegie Hall, which was a dream of hers for her entire life. And I get so touched when I think about that because it's, it's such a beautiful example of that moving forward. And it's not to say that she doesn't have, you know, challenging days like the rest of us, but my God, you know, like she says, she goes, there's no such thing as Hashimoto's. She goes, that, that's over. I'm, I'm not buying into that. Yes, we appreciate the diagnosis. We like to know what's going on with our bodies. Um, there's a great gift in all the education we're learning about our bodies that we probably should have known before, right? It's like, wow, I've got all these cool glands doing all this cool stuff. You know, this is new information. Um, but to see her going out there and, and, and this idea of joy, I think where people get stuck, especially if they're medicated or if they're really struggling, it's very difficult to find that. So the, the way it was explained to me, the idea of joy, um, we can cultivate joy. And joy is not the same as happy. Happy is like an immediate fix. You know, I eat my chocolate in the morning and I'm happy. And it, right? Or, or, you know, you watch a beautiful sunset and you're happy. And, it, and it's here and it's gone. But joy is, um, it was described to me, it's like the inner pilot light. And so everything else can be going on around us. But joy remains. It's a sustainable place. Exactly. It's your pilot light. And yeah, no, exactly. That's that's the sensation I got when I was watching the movie and I was like, that's 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 the line, that line you're walking on and you're just going from side to side. You're not really varying too far away from that line in the street as you kind of cross over from left to right. And it's that way you kind of look at life where there's these subtle ups and downs, but somehow you still find yourself getting back into the middle and finding that center and that balance. And that, to me, was the, um, the analogy for me. That's right. what I took from you going back I and love forth that. on that line down the street. I love that. Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, there's so many um, so many images. I wouldn't mind. Um, I'll just share with you some of the images in the film and, and the metaphors and the, the symbols because they have meaning. But definitely, um, you know, the back and forth, the benching, right, being on a bench. Um, yeah. Very big part of the story. And, and, you know, there's always method to my madness as an artist. There's always great meaning. You know, I, I didn't have a budget, so I had to get very creative. And... You know, park benches, those pathways you saw me walking in the film, I've walked thousands of times. I've done a great deal of uh, thinking, thinking on, on, on those walks. And I saw a lot of women, mostly women, in the middle of the afternoon who were benched by themselves. And there was a part of me that was in it, and then there was a part of me that, as an artist that was observing it and thinking, how the hell did I get here? What is going on? And that still is a very big motivating factor for me because I, I don't like seeing people benched. And I don't like walking past women on the seawall who I can tell when I look at them that they're drugged and they're not here. And I think, how come, how come all of these women are disappearing? 
um, you know, so, so that's a big part of the story. And so I wanted, I intentionally wanted to go from that imagery of being benched and sitting out on the sidelines and not being part of life to what does vitality look like? And it's not that everyone's going to be leaping and jumping in the air necessarily, but I felt like image of vitality and strength and flexibility was missing from the equation. And that when I sat across to my doctor, I tried to explain, I don't think you understand. I still have things to do with my life. I thought, my sense was that they all thought I was okay because I still had my arms attached and that I was (laughs) sort of breathing. And that that was going to be okay, right? So that's the journey that we go on. And that's why you sense that joy because it, 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 you know, it was that weaving through and, you know, the first half of the movie is very much a victim, you know, and, and I did it because people needed to understand this is real. And, and I noticed that a lot of viewers identify very heavily with the first half of the film, and that's our identification with suffering. We're st- it means we're still in our, that we're still identifying very heavily with a, yeah, my doctor this, and yeah, this sucks, and that sucks, you know, and, and, and we're still there, and, and there's a lot of cheering for that first half. Um, and I get that because I've totally been there. But I also knew that my job was to serve in some bigger way, and I couldn't leave us hovering there in that place of victimization. So I needed to present what does the other side of this look like? Where are we going? And and I have to say, as I was editing the film, the first half, I felt crappy. I felt exhausted. <laughs> I felt achy. And I got to the second half, and I was like, hallelujah. Like, I was like... Thank you. You know, Jay Lepp, Dr. Lepp, at the opening of that second half says, I don't think the thyroid is meant to burn out. And it's such a relief, right? It's like, it's like yes. oh, my God, it's not meant to burn out. It's not normal. It's not natural. And it's not to be expected. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> agreed, 100%. You know, the other part that I also thought was really very, very cool is is that mind, body, spirit, connection, and how I feel, this is my witness, I am the witness to almost 8,000 people on my page. I'm sure they're not all on at the same time. But I'm witnessing this huge disconnect with the person's emotions and, and, and their, their body. They're more connected to the thyroid than they are to their whole body. And in a sense, it's almost like, their doctors have brainwashed them into, since their doctors aren't paying attention to the thyroid, the patient is only paying attention to the thyroid. And everyone is not paying attention to the mind, body, spirit, the whole picture. So there's, there's this brainwashing, I feel, of a, of a disconnect. And I wanted to talk more about the chakra system and that the mm-hmm. overall of how each chakra is actually attached to an organ. There's not just an organ, but there's an emotion involved. And you brought up the fifth chakra, which is my favorite chakra. And the fifth mm-hmm. chakra is the chakra tied to the endocrine system, which is tied to the parathyroid and the thyroid. And there's an emotion involved with this. And that emotion is actually speaking your truth or or not. And mm-hmm. I I think there's such a connection there that, that my listeners, your listeners, um, your followers would really, really appreciate, even if you're a, you know, may not believe in this aspect of it, there, there is mm-hmm. 
there is some kind of it's co- it's compelling it's compelling yeah yeah i i agree um Look, at the reason I went there, first of all, is, you know, when you've turned over every stone, you look for the ones that seem to have the most possibility. And for me, this made the most sense. And um, there's a very big message in the film that talks about, uh, I, make a, I, I say at one point, you know, being vocal is not the same thing as the power of an authentic voice. And Correct. That was very big because I come from, you know, Bless their hearts. I come from an extended family. You know, I was raised Catholic on both sides of my family, lots of aunts and lots of people around. And, you know, there's a lot of chit-chat. You know, there's a lot of gossip. There's a lot of – this is not authentic voicing. This is being vocal. And so I see a lot of that patterning also, even on Facebook, right? We're all kind of like, oh, yeah. And it's like at some point when we authenticate the voice, it's not just about – it's not just the voice, you know, the sound of the voice. It's the voice and action. It's how we, how, who we are in the world and how we express ourselves completely in the world. Um, and it was really cool because you see the crow symbol. I, I, I flashed to these images of the crow, and there I am walking around with my camera. You have to know, a lot of this film was shot just me walking around with my camera. Me sitting on the train tracks, that's me shooting myself sitting on the train tracks. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> me just with a camera in the rain because, you know, you have no budget. You just go and you tell the story. So... I couldn't figure out why. I just kept going, I think there's crows. I think I need to put the crow. Well, the crow is a symbol. It's a totem. And it actually symbolizes, um, its meaning is speaking your truth. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, so the crow the crow is a symbol of speaking your truth, walking your talk. It represents um, sacred knowledge and universal truth. So here's this crow that kind of shows up, you know, as people are speaking in the film. And I just thought... I, at the time, as I was cutting it together, I had no idea. So there were so many beautiful things that were divinely guided in this little story. And I, I, I don't want to forget, because I know our time is limited and there's so many things. I just want to make sure that I say thank you to the people that appeared in this film, because they let me videotape them, capture them, talk to them. You know, without there was no lighting, no hair and makeup, no agenda. Just the real deal. And they let me go away. They trusted me to create this story. And I just, I can't even tell you um, the gratitude I feel for that and and how um, blessed I feel that they just came on board and said, yeah, I'll I'll share this part of my story. I'm I'm happy to share this um, without without any agenda other other than to help people move forward. And I really love that. And that's that's a lot of what your what your movie is kind of about is to help people move forward to, to get people moving to get people thinking and I love that it makes me feel make made me feel really good just like Raina said in the very beginning uh, when we first started talking she said it made you it made it made her want to move it made me want to move Yay. too so yeah 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 not just, not, I heard not just I've heard from boy. people sorry. I've heard from people that have actually watched the film and say that they get up and they start dancing in their living room. And yeah. I just think, wow, like, you know, to have that sort of actual, you know, get up and move, that's, that's awesome. That's just, you know, it just blows my mind, really. Well, and that's the part the movie, that... Right, the movie doesn't stop moving. That's That's my point. Your feet are always moving. You're showing your feet. I think that that... that um, 
oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. Oops. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that, that we're always the, moving. Yeah. Yes, the, the the movement, which is so predominantly important with people with thyroid disease, they don't feel like they can move the way that they used to. I think watching that and listening to the words that you're saying right there was like, it's almost a contradictory statement. It's like, well, we can move. We have Hashimoto's. We can move. We may not be able to move yeah. exactly the way we used to, but we still can at some level, at yeah. some intensity. And, and that yeah. was... I found that to be extremely motivational, extremely inspiring, and it's it's something I try to get across to people all the time. So I found it, like I said, I, I felt very joyful watching it. I didn't think there was anything negative about the film at all, even in the beginning. I didn't think the beginning of the film oh, was negative. Oh, I'm not. I, no, I find it exactly. it's heavy. You know, it, it, we, we have to tell the story, right? We have to go there. We have to go to what is, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I have I a love, question for you. The whole thing. Go ahead, Dana. I, I have a question for you. Can you talk a little bit about what the common denominator was and, and the people that you interviewed who are in in remission? Can you just just kind of go through it with us a little bit? I don't know that they're necessarily in remission. I don't know. Um, well, when you, when you talk about the people I talked to. Um, like, is there someone specific or something, like, specifically that comes up? No, just, you know, what the common denominator was, again, you know, with all of the people that oh, you interviewed. Okay. You know, is there any? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. First of all, just so, you know, to set the record straight, I didn't go seeking people that weren't happy with Synthroid, okay? <laughs> that that was the general uh, statement from most people, from the people I talked to. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not, look at. I know that some people are taking their Synthroid and they're content. I, I do, in many cases, dig a little deeper and find out that they are supplementing with other drugs as well. To So there's a disconnect there. Sometimes they're on Synthroid for a few years, and then two years later they go to the doctors and they're on antidepressants. And, but the doctor, they don't connect it. They don't connect that they're not actually treating their autoimmune con- condition at the time, right? They don't connect that there's just this suppressive thing happening um, and that they're not getting well in any way. Um, so Synthroid was one thing that came up. Most people did not enjoy that that experience. I certainly didn't enjoy that experience at all, um, at all. <laughs> um, that obviously the lack of the sense of lack of support, um, the sense that nobody understands that it doesn't seem real, um, that they're alone. Um, there's you know, one of the really difficult things about this, and I can speak for myself, is that there you are going along with life, and then you, you're you not able to do things. And if you're someone like me that, you know, sort of bases your value on the things you're able to accomplish, there's a great deal of shame that goes along with that. So there's this sort of um, not only the symptoms that are debilitating, but then they exacerbate themselves because of, what we're not able to accomplish as we move along, and and we get deeper and deeper and deeper into that hole. Does that make sense? Yes, it it does. Yes. Yeah. So I I found that that sort of deepening of the story, and of course, you know, sitting across from a doctor who's not who who we we used to look to as some sort of um, encouragement, 
and they send us away. And each time I remember, I remember one time leaving my doctors and, you know, walking a few feet out the door and just bursting into tears. And I can feel it now as I, as I talk about it. But it was like, um, it was a feeling of I'm, I'm just not getting anywhere. And also a, re- a realization, I'm looking to them. To, I'm giving them all my power. I'm giving them everything about me. And I've put it entirely in their hands. And, it's, and at some point, I just had this aha moment. And it was like, and I think you see that in the film as well. I, I'm not going there anymore. There's no more, there's no, I have no energy for that anymore. I need to, to rein in all of my reserves for myself. So anything that's not serving me, and that includes if sitting across from the doctor stresses me out, I'm not going. Anything that depletes me and doesn't serve me, I back away and I look for another alternative. That is one of the biggest, hugest things that I try to share with people, if anything, because stress and thyroid disease do not go hand in hand. And you have to take care of you. You have to eliminate the things in life that are not bringing you joy, and you have to bring in the things that are, and for each person that's different. Exactly, yeah. I've often and said, you know, if you wake up, if you wake up and, you're, and everything looks the same, like if, 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 you're, if making breakfast looks the same, if, the, if your fridge, you know, inside your fridge looks the same, if your work life looks the same, if your relationships look the same, if your sleep pattern looks the same, then you probably aren't on the path to wellness. Because your world is going to have to change. You cannot keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. We know that. So We need to evolve and grow and change. Yeah, and get excited about it, right? It's like, you know, I think one of the, the things is we get in this and we get very comfortable. You know, a friend used the expression, you know, kind of wrapping yourself in a blanket of shit. Can I say that on, on Internet radio? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's okay. I just don't want to share. Okay. <laughs> I'll try not to use any more swear words. Um, but, um, you know, it, it feels warm, you know, it's like, but it's still shit, it, even though it feels warm. And, and we can get very used to this discomfort can become our comfort zone. And so that's tricky as well, right? Um, that's very tricky. It, it, it ties into one of the other themes of the film, which uh, is the affair, right, which I weave through the storytelling of this idea of an affair. And, of course, we recognize it as the classic abusive affair. It starts out really great, right, but then we find out he doesn't listen, doesn't pay attention. Um, I'm going to change him. That's a big one. It'll be better once I change him. That's another aspect of the affair. Um, Basically, I'm not getting what I need, and yet I stay there. The codependent dance. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. I've read that book. Yes. <laughs> and yes. And um, and you and and for those of you who who haven't seen the film, I'd like for you to talk a little bit. You were you were about to earlier, and we went through a few things, but talk about some of the yeah. scenes and some of the metaphors because there are there are some people that haven't seen it, and if you haven't seen it, you should see it. But for those of, for those listeners that haven't seen it, will you talk a little bit about that? I know the affair, the affair part runs throughout the whole film, and and especially the the song, Mr. Hashimoto. Yeah, I mean it just cracks <laughs> cracks me up. If you, and if you haven't oh, heard no. it, 
she posted it on uh, the Hoshis and Graves talk show page, so you got to go check it out, and you can listen to it there. And I bought the album. I bought it today because I just Aww. loved it. I, it, I think I you're one of the today. only people. People don't buy music <laughs> anymore, and I, I appreciate that because we put a lot of effort into that. And, and there's actually some beautiful music on there. But that's actually the Hashimoto's dance mix that you have. But there's also sort of the you know the very straight kind of corny jazz version. And then there's a there's a beautiful song at the end called Humanity by a Vancouver artist. Um, and um, so there's it, it, there is some 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 great music in there. Um, so you want to, uh, let's see here, some of the other, there's so many things I want. Oh, okay, well, we've got, um, okay, what other imagery did we have in there? We had the crows, we had the benches. Um, of course, there's sheep, right, in the waiting room. I don't know if you noticed this, it's kind of subtle, but you hear the sound of sheep. Okay. Yes, I love sheep. I love sheep. I love that. Okay, but you know, sheep will follow the flock right off a cliff, so... Um, we need to, so that ties into the whole follow the script campaign. That's why I find it it it, it actually exacerbates the situation in a big in a big way. It's very insidious what they've done is they've they've tied into that victimization really deeply. And um, so you know if I could you know teach a workshop, I, we were joking the other day with some of my students, and I said, you know I think my next workshop will be unraveling your inner sheep because. It's that, <laughs> It's, it's that kind of sheep mentality that I noticed. I'd be sitting in a waiting room, waiting room again in the afternoon, um, usually with 90% women. And it, it was sort of like, you know, sheep being sort of herded off somewhere, I, wherever, into sort of la-la land. I don't know where we all thought we were going. but it, it, I, And I think that's part of the problem, too, is that I don't think we were clear about where we were going. <laughs> you know, like I think we all just sort of, okay, lead me and I'll follow and um, let's see if this works out okay. Well, it's not going to because you'll end up like my grandma. You'll end up drugged to oblivion in a nursing home, right? So um, so we've got to unhook from that sheep mentality and, you know, instead of just learning, because there's so much to learn, especially on the Internet, at some point we've got to start thinking, and that's going to be each individual's process. And I think that a really good point is, you know, thinking of course but also helping and sharing and training and and suggesting for for your children out there i have kids i know i know reina doesn't but i have kids um <laughs> most everybody has kids so you know i'm teasing but anyway yeah. um uh, yeah. uh for the for the little people you know for for the little people out there i think it's a really big deal like i i'm training teaching suggesting for savannah to be thinking you know, she's 10, and I'm, I'm hoping that she is different when she gets there so that we can influence, you know, not just the people that have Hashimoto's and not just the people and not just the doctors, but, like, the next generation. I think it's really important right. to help spread the message and, and, and get that out there so that when they get to be our age, they will have been thinking and changing and trying, and lifestyle will be a whole different ball game. I th- I think, I hope, anyway. Well, you know, and again, people, you know, it's kind of hard, a hard pill to swallow, but that, that is the great gift for me, and I think it is, it's the call at this time, why, why this is happening. Um, look at, the gift is, look how much information we have now about how our bodies work that we didn't have before. So this is just, this is like this big wake-up call. Um, we're becoming informed. We should have been walking around with this information a long time ago. Why on earth we weren't educated about, 
you know, geez, you know, if if you eat like this and if you think like this and if you live like this, you're probably going to shut down. Um, it seems like common sense, right? But somewhere along the way, the common sense has, has left. So every little bit of an unraveling, like I say in the film, every little bit, like you just mentioned, Anna, that you, that you show, not talk about, but that you show to your family and the people around you has a ripple effect that will continue to ripple forward. I agree with that. I do. And I, and it made me feel good. It made me feel like that was part of the message, you know, for your movie was that, you know, growing, evolving, changing, and making change, creating change, showing, you know, mm. others there is a way to change, opening it up, opening up for, for possibilities and things. And, and that's what, you know, part of your film made me feel like, like, okay, there's possibilities. There's, there's different options. This is, you know, you don't have to be set in this one way. You know, you don't have to be a sheep. Exactly. But then, then the question becomes, then, then it's like, you know, so what is the process of becoming unsheep-like, right? I mean, that, you know, it, it's like, you know, yeah, like how do, how do we, you know, un, unsheep ourselves? And that's sort of like unraveling, you know, all these new terms. Um, but it's, it, you know, we see these beautiful quotes, these inspiring quotes, and, and part of the work that's been very compelling for me and, and really instrumental in moving me forward, as you know, is, is my, my movement practice. And I, I always felt I did a lot of reading, a lot of the New Age spiritual reading, you know, just let go, you know, just be in the moment. Well, you know, if it was just let go and it was so simple, we'd all be doing it, right? Just let go. Like, we're holding on for dear life for a reason. And so there, so how do we how do we do that? What does that look like? And so um, it, it takes – there is a practice involved, and it is actually one of the reasons that I was um, – sort of had the impulse to take the film and, and take it on the road because um, what happens with the messages – this is what I get from people – is they love – you know, they're, they're moved. Most people are moved. Some people don't get it, but most people are, are moved. They uh, take a, at least one or two ahas from the film. Some – it changes them completely – but then, but then life sits in again, and you know it's kind of like stretching an elastic band, and it goes right back. So how do we need to find practices that allow us to start to set uh, some new wiring in in motion, right? To kind of rewire things, and that takes time, and that takes um, finding different modalities that can get you there. So I tried to show some of those in the film, right? Some of the energetic healing. Um, the understanding of the chakra work, movement work, the voice work, not just literally singing, but any kind of breath work, any kind of getting back in touch. Um, there's beautiful activities you can do. I'm a big fan of the work of, uh, gosh, her book came out years ago. Julia Cameron wrote a book called The Artist's Way. And a practice that I did for years was her, she does this sort of morning journey, journaling program where you take three pages and you just scribble stream of consciousness every day. And, you know, that's a beautiful way in to kind of getting clear and getting the creativity moving and, and reclaiming a sense of self again because we can't just think of, you know, we can't just read these quotes online. We actually have to have tools to, and we have to do something different to get there. It might be meditating. It might be a, a, a beautiful yoga practice. Um, but we have to do something new. Absolutely. And, and get moving. 
and get moving. And, and you know, how everybody's so focused right now on on exercise and weight and, and you know, we've got this vision of what the perfect or, or we're told or it's thrown at us what the perfect body is supposed to look like or whatever. And, of course, I don't buy into any of that. And it's funny, I live in a, in a Latin American country, and it's a totally different uh, – women are, are, are totally different in the way they feel about themselves here and the, the type bodies that, that are the best or most important or, or best looking or whatever the word is I'm looking for. I'm lost for my word. But mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. And, and um, it feels different. And it's a good feeling because they're not so focused on exercise and being a certain size and this certain way and all of that. And it's part of what you're talking about and, and what the movie did for me was like letting go and like kind of just owning you and moving forward and like the movement part for me. Like if people will just move in any kind of way outside, like in the garden, you know, you're outside, you're in the ground, you're up and down, you're doing stuff. You know, if you're at the beach, you're fighting the waves, you're moving, you're out, you're doing something. You're not just complacent. It keeps your mind mm-hmm. flowing. It keeps you flowing. I think that's mm-hmm. a very important part and for everybody not to get so, you know, caught up in society and the way they think, you know, you should look and shouldn't look. How about just get up and move? How about just let go of it? Yeah, I, you know, I call it exercise, right? Ex her size. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the mentality. That you, and believe, I used to be a gym rat, right? I was a professional dancer. We trained in the gym. And then I taught fitness for a number of years. And it was ridiculous, right? And it was wait, all, wait. it's called, it's, it's called being externally referenced. And we, and wait, let we me, live let in a world now. Real quick, Don, I was going to tell you, right when you said that, that's the same yeah. for you. It's the same for Raina. And that's the same for me. You were yeah. all extra. Yep. Raina, same thing. Me, Zumba, same thing. Exactly. Okay, keep going. Sorry, that was just my little sidebar because we're all feeling. No, it. that's I mean, okay. I, I love, I love that we're kind of just going with the flow here. That's perfect. Um, yeah. No, I was just going to say that that mentality. Um, you know. So how do I put this? Um, oh gosh. You know, the power of the subconscious mind. So you go to the gym and you think you're doing something fabulous. But the subconscious mind is constantly saying, I will never be thin enough. I will never be perfect enough. This, you know, and, and so that's what comes to be. So it doesn't matter how much time you spend in the gym, you're going to continue to create the same result. So, so that's, a, that's a very, you know, that's one of those programming, one of those messages that we carry as women. Um, in fact, let me, let me just, it's one of the key things that I had to unravel were my own beliefs about what I deserve and, and who I am. Um, and I think a big one for myself was the mentality, um, this is wrong, that's wrong. It's very much a female mentality. We are conditioned. We look in the mirror, and the first thing we think is, this is wrong, that's wrong, that's not good enough, this isn't. And then we develop a, a condition where there are so many things that can be wrong that we're having a heyday. This is wrong, that's wrong, right? It's like it's the perfect setup. We set ourselves up perfectly in a way. It's a negative heyday, right. I get it. Yeah, and it was really interesting. One of the gals... Go on, sorry. I was just going to say is I I have a little bit of a different take on this. Being that I've been a personal trainer for 30 years, I've seen all kinds of men and women body types um, come before me. 
And one of the things that I have learned with working with so many people over the last 30 years is that no one is the same, not in the way that they live, not in the way that they think, not in the way that they move, not in the way that they get results Mm -hmm. with nutrition or exercise. There is not one size fits all. But there is one thing that's very fluid and very consistent with what I try to implore with my clients is that there is going to be no mental change, emotional change, or physical change until they understand that what we're really doing in the gym and what we're really doing with nutrition is actually working on the insides of our bodies. It's it's every organ. It's every tissue. It's every cell. Everything that you're doing that you think you're doing to change something in the mirror, if you look at it from the perspective as that all you're trying to do is be healthy, and do what's right for you to be healthy so everything is working like clockwork as close as you can get it, that's when the emotional and the mental and the physical changes actually happen. But you're not focusing on that and you're not thinking about it. That's not where it should be. So on that external point of view that you mentioned, Donna, that's exactly Mm -hmm. that. The the view needs Mm -hmm. to become more internal and less focused on what you see in the mirror and more about, the inner workings of the body, you know, that that clockwork, I like to use that word, tick-tock. I think that's, I think that's where we're going, right, Donna? Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I, I think the disconnect with that is that our value system needs to shift where we actually go, I, you know, I, I write about this a lot, this idea that, you know, for me it was like I had to value feeling good. I had to actually value health. I had, that had to become part of my value system first. Right now we value, um, uh, you know, there's, there's a value system built into our, uh, um, all of our workings, in our school system, in our medical system, in, in how we run our own bodily systems, and that's faster, you know, quicker, easier. Um, so, so when we shift to I want to be vital, I want to be productive, I want to be fulfilled, I love feeling... Um, joy, I love the idea of leaping and jumping. You know, like, we have to fall in love with those things to attract them to us. And I I think that's at the core of it. And, you know, Sophie, the expressive art therapist in the film, she talks about the fact that, you know, we she brings up this idea of we're not actually feeling what we're feeling. We're so disconnected that, you know, again, this comes back to this practice and what you're talking about, Raina, as well, and this work that we're doing, that until we can start feeling what we're feeling and honor it for what it is and, and not back away from it, we really can't make any progress because then we're just deferring to something that is outside of us. So, again, you know, I think one of the things that's been really great for me the last year of sort of um, watching the film online and and, and um and contributing on Facebook and whatnot, is I've, I've, it's really more deeply um, committed me to the messages of the film. They've become even stronger and more important to me and, and, and deeper for me. Um, so, yeah, I think I just went on a big ramble. So thanks, you guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> 
you guys are so good. You're just sitting there like, and we're all waiting, like, when is she going to stop? When is this one on sentence going to end? Oh, no, no. I I think that's totally a projection on your part, Donna. We were not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm feeling a little insecure. Okay, so unraveling. Let me just tell you, unraveling. When I talk about unraveling for myself, I I had to first and foremost unravel my um, belief in the medical system. I had to unravel, I had to take them off the the holy pedestal and put them where they are today. In the old days, a doctor came to your house, the family was around, they administered some sort of a, you know, healing concoction or whatever, and people were there to supervise and it was all well and good. Now we drive to a doctor's, often we sit by ourselves, they send us away with drugs that could potentially kill you without even asking if there's anyone at home to help monitor you. Um, so, so for me, I just needed to, I had this huge education in what they're really about. I respect what they can do. I, I'm very aware of what they can't do. So I have boundaries now of discernment and discretion where they're concerned. I had to unravel my beliefs about what I deserve. And Jessica says in the film, you are worth it, right? When, and we have this theme running through the film, where um, and and the, um, the 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 counselor gal in Maui, she talks about how you know if you see your child about to be very hurt, you suddenly have surges of power. That's the power that you bring in for yourself. Instead of standing around flapping our arms, going, "Oh, I'm trapped under the somebody," you know, we get in there and we say, "I need this now." You go to, you know, you tell people, you say, this isn't working. This is what I need. I am not feeling well, and I'm going to get there no matter what. So either you're coming along with me. Can you see the vision of where I'm going? And I've said to people, you know, take some of the pictures from the film of me, like, leaping or jumping or whatever, and say, can you see this in my future? Because if you can't hold that vision for me, then you're not someone I want to hire. You have to hold that vision for me. Okay. I'm laughing I'm laughing about that because I walk into my doctor's office with research instead. Maybe I should go in with, you know, a picture of Show me them a picture. <laughs> when I was twenty years old or something. I wanna <laughs> this again and and see how I'm bouncing off the floor. I wanna do that. <laughs>
I think, okay, so another unraveling. So I've told you some of the things I've unraveled that are crucial, right? And, and, and this is about getting to the core. Like um, one of them was identif- unraveling my identification with suffering was a big one. That actually came to light very recently. Um, and I don't, I think this is a very, very much a female thing that we, it's some sort of an empathetic response that if we're not identifying with everyone's suffering around us, we're not very nice. And so we kind of absorb suffering. And what happens sometimes is it becomes our story. And I was so deeply identified with my own suffering. That's all I could see was my suffering. So I had to uh, essentially unravel that. And it, and it hit me um, in just an energetic session. I was doing some work with, with Dr. Lepp. And that was one of those moments that I sort of I backed away for a while. And I really sat with that. And, and then, it, then light sort of kind of came around that. It was like I could see where I was limiting my life and any forward movement by my constant identification <coughs> with my pain, with my pain. And that's where you are right now. Oh, are we here? Yeah. I can hear you. Oh. Raina, okay. all of a sudden, we can hear you very well. Oh. For some reason, something happened to your audio. Can you hear me now? Well, it sounds like I you're in a well. I can hear you a bit muffled. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> uh, I made a slight oh. movement in my phone. Can you hear me now? Yes. We no, can. I can okay. hear you. I can hear you. I feel okay. like we're in a commercial. <laughs> we're on a commercial break. Let's take, let, should we just, let's breathe. Let's breathe some more. I'm big into breathing. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you another thing I, I had to unravel. This is another thing I had to unravel, and I think you gals will really like this one. Um, I recognized that there was a pattern in my life, and um, Dr. Uh, David Hawkins, David R. Hawkins, who has since passed, but a, a brilliant man, um, highly recommend his teachings, um, talks about power versus force. Okay, and I and I make a comment in the film towards the end. I say I was fueling up on a feeling of powerlessness, a powerlessness connected to an energy crisis, an energy crisis built on thoughts, ideas, and feelings that just didn't serve me anymore. Okay, and so this this powerlessness, how you know, it's such a cliche, you know, empowerment, but it's actually the word is empowerment to find power to fuel ourselves. And if you don't mind, I just pulled this. I just pulled this online. I, I want to just read this a little bit about power versus force because I think it's really important to this um, this story. Yes, so please. Force. Okay, force will always move against something, whereas power doesn't move against anything at all. Force is incomplete and therefore has to be fed energy constantly. Power is total and complete in itself and requires nothing from outside. It makes no demands. It has no needs. Because force has an insatiable appetite, it constantly consumes. Power, in contrast, energizes. It gives force, it supplies, and it supports. Power gives life and energy. Force takes these away. We notice that power is associated with compassion and makes us feel positively about ourselves whereas force is associated with judgment and makes us feel poorly about ourselves. Wow. Force, I'll just, I'll just finish the last bit. Force will always create a counterforce. Its effect is to polarize rather than unify. 
Polarization always implies conflict. Its cost, therefore, is always high because force incites polarization. It inevitably produces a win-lose dichotomy, and because somebody always loses, enemies are created. And we have a situation where women and, and men and a lot of people are under self-attack. So I, believe, I love that power. I believe, mm. Yeah. Go on, Dana. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I need to, I need to wait and just ingest that just a little bit. I just, you know, I need a flower field moment. It was very powerful. I just, I just need to let it absorb, right? Because Dr. David R. Hawkins is brilliant and I really like his teaching. So let's take a moment. Let's have a breathe moment. Okay. Yeah, I really. I, I got something. Oh, shush. What's All that? right. What is? It's what did we bell. get? We got a. Oh, it's her bell. Right. No, it's a King Kong. Yeah, that's how I clear right. the the auras in the room. Okay, next. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I feel better. I feel better now. So, Isn't yeah, that amazing? So, so you know what's so things, fun? You know? Yeah. I was going to say, you know, speaking of, you know, like music and sound and that kind of thing, you know, like the Tibetan monks and their, and their singing or what, their, what do you call it, chanting? Mm-hmm. It's yes. so, like, the vibration you know, if we're thinking about we need to pause and we need to think and stuff, or you did your little um, qigong, you know, that really <laughs> is very heat. Have you ever have you ever listened to like the the Tibetan monks and the and the yeah their the you know thing? their yeah. thing? Yes, fabulous. I actually it's very empowering. I actually emailed. I, I haven't heard I have that. Meditated to it. I I was actually looking to find out. I actually I emailed. I think. I think it was the office of the Dalai Lama. I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> but I was. I wanted to find out what if they get. You know what their um what sort of you know numbers in terms of autoimmune disease in in the monk community. I actually am curious to know. I I I haven't heard back. So, <laughs> but hey, I do. You know, do we want to know? Because I bet their their mind body spirit connection has is very powerful. Yeah, well, and we don't know. You know, we don't know what's lying there in the subconscious sometimes, you know. Um, I think, but, yeah, this this unraveling is crucial. I, um, there, You know, there's things that lie below the surface. And, you know, Dana, when you posted the little poster about me on the show and you had initially said, you know, you had my name and it said, um, Hashimoto's Conqueror, right? And and I looked at that, and I got a, two things happened. One was, oh, it doesn't really feel right, but I don't want to say anything because I don't want to make more work for Dana. Oh. Um, but I, but then I thought, you know, that's not that's not in line with the messages of walk, talk, and sing. It's like you have to stay authentic. And I, and so I knew Conquer wasn't right because I don't believe in the fight. I feel like we've got enough fight. There's way too much fighting going on. So, and. And, and and I have to clarify, fighting is not the same as being forthright and clear and, and concise. That's not fighting. 
that's very different. But for a lot of women, they get scared because they think if I'm going to be forthright, people are going to assume that I'm angry. You're not angry. You're just being clear. You just have, yeah. Or being combative. I think that there has to be a release of anger in order to be clear. I'm sorry. I I think there needs to be a releasing of anger in order to really and truly be clear. You have to be in that space. You know, there is a, I agree. There is a difference. Yeah. Because I think also what happens is I do see a lot of anger, and they're being clear, but because the anger is coming out, they're not being heard. So if there to be a releasing of the anger and the fear, and you can be clear, then I think that the, the end result could be a bit different. You know, it's, it's so <laughs> true. In the work of Dr. Hawkins, um, you know, when you get to a point of anger, you're actually moving up the ladder of evolution. Anger is actually a beautiful, I've been using the word beautiful a lot. Okay, anger is really potent because um, it's, it's telling you something, right? It's, it's energy Something's that wrong. needs to, yeah, yeah it, it, it's informing you. And when you look at, um, I mean, I pointed out in the film, right, it, it, I make that connection between inflammation, to be inflamed, and the emotion of anger. And... Mm-hmm. There, you know, this connects very, very much to the chakra, the fifth chakra, this idea of not being able to express ourselves. So we choke and we suppress. And if you can just picture that, just imagine, you know, just having a rope and, you know, that anger is just going to fuel up inside. So what do we do? We, we don't eat properly. Maybe we throw up. We create bulimia. We look for control issues. Um, we run ourselves into the ground. We, um, we do all these things that perpetuate dis-ease, all because of anger that's not expressed. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of um, Stacey Robbins. She was on the show, you know, several months ago, Donna, and um, she has a story. It's one of my favorites. It's her orange cone story where she feels like, you know, this orange cone is in her way and it's blocking her and, you know, just like you were saying, and, and you have this anger and, you know, you need to let it go. And she was mad because this cone was in her way. And she said, you know, then I started looking at it like it's just an obstacle. You know, I can go around the cone. I can work through it. And part of, like, part of some of the unraveling that needs to happen and does, you know, a lot for, for you, you know, like you can see throughout the film, is kind of like owning it for a minute and saying it's okay to be angry right? I mean, I, I had this emotion and it's okay. I have different emotions and I'm having this one right now. But then using that, using the force behind that to move beyond it, you know, owning it for yes. a minute and letting it but then moving beyond it. So like if you're angry at your doctor, if you're angry where you're at, you know, look at it like kind of like a, a positive, like, okay, so here I am, I'm in this spot and I'm angry about it. And what can I learn from it? Yeah. I can learn that I me so stuck and I need to realize, okay, you're stuck here. Okay, this is a problem. Now let's move yeah. forward. Well, and again, I agree 100%. Again, the, 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 the crux of the matter here, the, the challenge is just move forward. What does that mean, right? Um, these are all theoretical ideas that we toss around. So, True. So what might that, what does that, what does that look like? You know, there's a reason why we're suppressing that anger and those feelings. There's some pain there. There's something... <laughs> There's something going on. So I, you know, I encourage, um, in fact, I should say, um, I don't want to forget to say this, the, 
the film is now online on Real House and uh, realhouse.org. Yes, They're okay. one of um, Okay. And I wanted to say that because I've been able to, I'm going to start sharing some resources with people from the film. For instance, Anne, who is in the film, um, she's, she offers different kinds yes. of sessions. and one, I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I'm, I'm extending the outreach of the film so that if people feel like they want to go a little further into something, there are some really solid, legitimate people that I've worked with that I trust that are available to you. Whether people take, you know, take up on it doesn't matter, but it's there for them as a resource. And I felt really strongly that I needed to do that, um, just to have the resource there. And the other thing about that is when people um, utilize any of these resources that I'm making available on, on Real House, where the film is situated, I hope I'm, I feel like I'm cutting out, but anyhow, um, that some of those proceeds will go directly to the tour fund. Now, I'm doing a film tour. I'm taking this film tour on the road um, by myself, and um, there there are costs involved. Now, you know, to date, everything has been completely volunteer, as you know, and that's fine, but there are hard costs involved in traveling. Uh, I bring a videographer. There's administrative costs. There's materials. So anything that I'm putting out there, is to help support the tour, which I think is a very positive, um, forward-moving thing. Um, associated with that, I have to say that Cast Fitnesswear, Cast Fitnesswear Canada and USA have very kindly come on board and supported this tour. Now, what happens is, at this tour is we watch the film. Um, I've had a few screenings to date. We watch the film. We discuss we connect and we have moments of understanding that can lead us forward in a way that makes sense, some tools that we can work with that actually are tangible, real things on this um, energetic personal level that we're talking about, away from pills and potions. Um, so Cast Fitnesswear, just so you know, is I, wanna, I don't want to forget because we're running out of time. There is a draw for a gift card. And listeners have until midnight central time tonight to go to castfitnesswear.com in the USA or castfitnesswear.ca in Canada and pick out their favorite pattern of leggings or capris fitnesswear. They're very vibrant, the most comfy fitnesswear I've ever come across, and I've worn a lot, as I'm sure you gals have. And... Um, Go on my Facebook page, and on the top post, it's pinned to the top, put their name and their favorite, their favorite pattern that they love, and they're entered in the draw. Simple as that. And we will make the draw tomorrow, and they will get a gift card to purchase whatever capris or leggings that they fancy. So that's, that's my plug for Cast Fitnesswear. Well, I love that, and thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. That is so absolutely fabulous. And, yes, let's talk – Let's start. We don't have very much time, so I do want to talk about um, yeah. your tour really quick before we have to go. Where are you headed? Yeah. Do you have a, a schedule uh, so far or not? I don't. I'll tell you. It's sort of, I, you know, it's kind of a got the film. I, it's ready to go. Um, we just finished a, a screening here in Vancouver uh, a week or so ago, and it looks like the next one is happening at a yoga studio here locally. We're kind of hanging out on the west coast of Canada and then moving. I've had people as far away as uh, Vermont, um, 
uh, Prince Edward Island inquire, but obviously we can only I can only move as I um, as I can. So and your support, um, right? Yeah, so it's just going to kind of move organically, mm-hmm. and as as the need is there, and as uh, you know, if as it happens. So, um, yeah, all I can and you say can about follow, that is we can follow Sorry? along with with what you're doing because you keep everything updated on your Facebook, correct? So we, we'll be able to follow along with where you are and what you're doing. You keep that updated, correct? Yeah, yeah. And what we're trying to do also is capture some of the discussion and in in real time, like what's happening here. So that uh, I'm putting together these little informative clips, so that people that are supporting the tour feel like they're also a part of it. Wherever we land next, they get to, um, in a way, participate. And hopefully, we'll get to their community at some point. Um, I'm doing these at no cost. To you know, it can be any group. It can be a yoga company. I have an HR department at a bank lined up. I love the idea of corporate meetings because think about these employees who are struggling, who can now sit with their you know, their coworkers and, and their managers and, and everybody goes, Okay, we get it. Now how can we how can we understand this and how can we support you so that we don't have to fire you or put you on right. disability? How can I we you know, so these are the kinds of things that really interest me. Okay, well let's tell everybody where where they can support you in all your different <laughs> endeavors and things because I think the film's really important and good for those, you know, for all of us out there, and, and especially in the corporate world, those people that don't understand, well, there's a lot of people that don't understand, and we want to spread the message. We want to help people realize what we're going through and what it's like and so that they can support us in whatever way they can. So tell us really quick. Okay, so you have the film on Vimeo, right? It's on Vimeo, but actually I've, I've moved it. Uh, it's more heavily represented on realhouse.org. So that's R-E-E-L, house, one word. Um, and they actually help me with the film in terms of sponsoring it if I need a projector or a screen, some of the gear that I need for screenings. Um, okay. But on that site, I can actually, I can actually post uh, images, news updates when we're on tour. So that's kind of going to be the little home base. Um, okay, well, I, um, for, I went to that to and logged in. So I went and saw it there. So, and I saw okay. everything, and I went through all of your stuff. So I'll post that um, for you as well to help spread the message. But it, people can find the, the movie there, Real House, like R-E-E-L, house.org. So they can find you there, and they can find you um, on Facebook where? At Hashimoto's Project, Walk, Talk, Dance, Sing. Right? And online and is studio.ca. Yeah, but I apologize for that site. It's not getting very much attention because I've just been too busy. You know what it's like, right? Trying to uh, oh, yes. keep all yes, of these yes. sites and stuff. So um, I'm really active. I keep Facebook up to date and Real House will be kept up to date. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything I want to leave people with before. How much time do we have here? Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to cover specifically? Well, we have like a minute. We have like a minute left with you. So what would you like to cover with everybody in one minute? I don't know, Raina. Anything that you just wanna, anything that you wanna finish off on, or um, no? Uh, just the fact that if anyone okay. hasn't seen this film, please see it because it will make you smile. Oh, and yeah, yeah, I want to say something about that. I want to say something about that. The film is online during the tour. I put it, kept it online as a fundraising tool. Obviously, obviously, people can educate themselves and also support the tour. But I've always posted, if you are in a position where you are not able to rent the film, you just message our Facebook page. No questions asked. You don't need to tell me the story. 
you just say, I would like to rent the film. Um, can you send me, um, you know, a, a link at no cost? And we're more than happy. You know, this isn't a big money-making kind of thing. This is like getting the information out there. So anybody who's not in a position to rent the film, just message us, and we will send you um, a special viewing code. Um, I think okay, that's so another that Another flower field uh-huh. moment because truly, I said that's another flower field moment really quick before we get let you go because that truly is coming from someone's heart that they're letting you know that they're doing all this volunteer based. I mean, Donna, you're an amazing woman, and we are so grateful to have you on with us today. We could talk and talk for right. hours. We and could. I, we could keep going. Yeah, and we could just giggle and laugh and have flower field moments and unravel and unravel, right? And and so I, I I thank you I thank you for coming on and um, it was really wonderful for you to share your Sunday with us so uh, you, know, and you know I'm in a flower I have to say, field. I, well here in your in your flower field moment it's summer solstice and I just want to remind everybody that at summer solstice we are at our brightest we are most filled with the magic of the sun we are our most ripe and the soil of our soul is most ready for manifesting oh that's wonderful. Donna, there you go. Yay. Donna Lynn Larson, the little hot on a mission. Everybody's got to see it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day, woman. Thank you, gals. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Wow, Raina. Yes. Ah. I don't know. She's wonderful. She's wonderful, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Wow, that made me feel really, really good. So, what do we have next? Where are we? I'll leave it to you, my sweet. Okay. Um, As always, we want to thank you, um, our radio, uh, Thyroid Nation radio team. Of course, we couldn't do it without, you know, you, Raina. Laura, Melissa Blythe, Penny, Sarah, and Marissa, um, thank you so much. And we've also added a new member, my guest co-host last week, Shannon, uh, Autoimmune RN, Shannon Garrett, Autoimmune RN. It's fabulous. She was wonderful on the show last week, and we have officially made her a part of our team. So welcome her. She's great. I'm going to update the page so you can learn a little bit more about her and where to find her because she is a fantastic nurse, integrative nurse, and um, I can't even think of all the things she she does. So anyway, she's going to be part of the team, and you guys need to check her out. You forgot to thank Tiffany. Oh, well, I wasn't done. <laughs> I wasn't done. Okay. I was just letting you go on your little part. You oh, okay. Little part to well, <laughs> okay. Uh, we invite all our listeners to follow Thyroid Nation at the web at thyroidnation.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and in our Facebook, Facebook, here I cannot talk today. Facebook group, Hashi's and Gray's Thyroid Nation Radio Talk Show. We um, we invite your questions. We want you to connect with others and check out our upcoming radio guests. And be sure to tune in next week live here at Thyroid Nation. Blah blah blah. See what you did to me, Thyroid Nation Radio. <laughs> As we will be talking. Hopefully, more fluidly with the fabulous Dr. <laughs> Kent Holtorf, who is a you know 
nationally renowned doctor, been on all kinds of TV shows. He is a thyroid advocate, and he is amazing. We cannot wait to talk to him. So tune in next week live. Okay. We want to remind all of you that wellness is an amazing journey and one that requires continual maintenance, evaluation, and a lot of faith and hope on your part. Make sure you always listen to the wisdom of your own body and what it's telling you. Yes, because as we say all the time on this show, no two bodies are the same. So honor your body and do what is right for you and listen to your body. This is Dana, your Thyroid Nation gringa tica from Costa Rica. <laughs> and Raina the trainer. <laughs> Filling in for t- <laughs> That's what they call me here down in South Florida. Raina the and uh, I'm filling in for Tiffany today. And she will be back with us live. Thank goodness she is out at the Lavender Festival, hopefully having a fabulous time. You know they have like lavender champagne and lavender lemonade, and it just sounds really, really amazing. So I'm sure she's having a great, great day. We miss her very much. We can't wait to get her back on the air with us. But thank you, Raina. Thank you, Shannon. You guys filled in and made me feel very comfortable and relaxed. Not worried a bit. So I really appreciate both of you. And uh, that's it for us. We're we're uh, Vanna and Raina bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers everywhere so that together, united we heal. Bye, guys. <laughs>